KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us. If you miss any portion of the program or something you want to listen to again, you can always go to KXNO.com and click the podcast link. You'll find it on of all places, the podcast page. Trent Conn and myself busy coming off a you know a decent Monday night in sports with yeah. a couple of NBA games. Your twins <laughs> red hot again. Not only the pitching bats weren't great last night, but no. all they needed was one big fly and they got it. One mistake out of Verlander left it out over the plate three two and Adrianza hit about four hundred and thirty feet. Did I, really? I mean, it was an absolute bomb. Bullpen held up. Yeah. Indians aren't quite as good. Nope. I see where you're going. Do I got a big summer in front of me? I think you do, Trent Condon. I really do. I hope you do. It's it's good for business when one of the uh, local area baseball teams is playing well, and I think your twins are certainly off to a good start as we get set to uh, say goodbye to the first real month of the baseball season. One down and five to go, if you will, uh, if you're counting as we move towards September. Coming up on the program today, we said yesterday, we're going to take a look at the locals, their draft. Also going to throw in the over-under win total uh, now that the draft is over on all of them. Well, we don't get the Vikings today, but we will tomorrow. Uh, we will hear from Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, coming up at 1025. I have a feeling Jeff might ask us as many questions as we ask him. Very since, well could be the case. Absolutely, yeah. since the David Montgomery angle. Uh, so we'll talk uh, to Jeff Hughes. We'll do the same with Dave Sinekin. TheHeadCheese.com is where you can read uh, Sinekin's thoughts on the uh, on the Packers draft and what lies ahead. Eleven uh, fifteen, we'll talk to Nick Athen, Chiefs Insider on Twitter, and Chiefs Blitz is where you can read Nick. And then we're going to talk to our former partner in both of our cases. <laughs> No, not that one. This was um, your idea, by the way. Yeah, it was my idea. And you know what? It was, uh, it was actually, I saw a tweet from Hawk101 who put it out. And we really don't have a go-to NBA guy, you and I, to mm-hmm. talk about the playoffs. And Brinson loves it. And we haven't spoken with him since, when, January, maybe, yeah, when we yep. came back on the air. We put Jimmy B on. Um, you know, for the most part, just because Jimmy B, you know, his it ended up the dial for him, and you know that was it. That was it. He never got a chance to to say anything, and um, he's a good guy. Look, at the end of the day, Brinson, we I I enjoyed working with him. I know you did. Some days were more difficult than others. Very true. Which is you know part and parcel of the Jimmy B experience. Um, but I'm glad I'm I'm looking forward to talking to our buddy. I, and I, and I, we know he was up late last night watching all the NBA. Well, he lives in the Pacific time zone. He does. Arizona doesn't. What what time is it in Arizona right it's now? A great question that I have no idea. They're they're either Indiana Mountain Time or Pacific. Always confuse me because yeah. what they don't they do daylight. They don't. Savings? We do. They don't. It they throws don't. everything off. It does. And and for the longest time, I think it was Arizona was the only one, and then Indiana joined the fray. I I don't get it, but we'll save that uh, for for a real slow day. Yes, <laughs> talking time change. <laughs> uh, so I don't know where you want to start. I watched a ton of the early game last night. The early game being the Sixers and the Raptors. The uh, the Blues 
Uh, and the Stars was entertaining as hell last night. Boy, that Blues team, they're unbeaten in the playoffs on the road. I mean, they are r- true road warriors to this point. Uh, basketball was good. NHL was good. Baseball kind of took a back seat to me. The Cubs did us or did me a favor by not playing last night. So um, really focused on the NBA. Yeah, for the, the hockey side of it, I told you afterwards, I didn't see nearly as much as I wanted to. Looked like it was a great game. It was a terrific hockey game. Really was. Back and forth. Yep. It, it, one of those pivotal games, the odd-numbered games, yeah. Game 3 tied up at 1-1. So you, you mentioned the road success of this Blues team. Can this Blues team win the Stanley Cup? Yes. Yeah. I They're that, they that good? I think so. I do. Atlanta are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's three Central Division teams still standing, by the way, we'll talk about the local team still standing here yes. in the first segment in a minute. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Blues and the Stars in Colorado, they finished second, no, third, fourth, and fifth maybe in the division. <laughs> Nashville won the division. They're home. Jets, they're toast. Um, and so the third, fourth, and fifth place teams are, uh, are, are still alive. Uh, so are the Iowa Wild, Trent. And, um, look at it's, it's a great story. I'm glad they're still alive. Now they'll take on the Chicago Wolves, who are the, um, their parent club are, is the Golden Knights of Las Vegas for the longest okay. time. I think it was the Blues for a long time. Peoria was the Blues, and then they went to Chicago, but now they're the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, they restocked that franchise when they came into the league a couple of years ago, so they got some players. They, they've got some players yeah. uh, at that level. It's not going to be an easy advancement for the uh, local team, the Iowa Wild. But um, So they start, as Joe O'Donnell told us yesterday, games one and two on the road before coming home for three. So they'll be back for the first time Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock puck drop uh, for Game 3. I'm not certain as to when Games 4 and 5 are. Do you know? I'm looking at the AHL website right now. They have the Game 4 Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. So a long break from Sunday to Wednesday. Okay. And then Game 5 in Iowa would be Friday night, May 10th. So we're forecasting forward here a little bit. But you get into arena availability. Sure. But when you're talking about an NBA or an NHL team, they have first dibs. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's something they, they going on. Right. And they have it blocked out beforehand. Well, the Wild have never been in the playoffs. The Iowa Wild have never been in the playoffs. So I you're not blocking off no. three weeks' time no. if you're the Iowa Event Center and Wells Fargo Arena saying, hey, the Wild might make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Let's just not put anything in the building for another month after the regular no, season. No, you're 100% right, Trent. And you know, we uh, Joe Todd mentioned on our when he, we had him on yesterday, I'm assuming he did the same when uh, when uh, Chris and Ross had him later on in the afternoon, mentioned the uh, the watch parties that were taking yeah, place yeah. throughout Central Iowa. Buffalo Wild Wings had a couple of them. Oh, where was the other one? I want to get Buzzer Billies? Yeah, it was Buzzer Billies. Good yeah. call. Buzzer Billies. Uh, the WHO cameras went to Jordan Creek Buzzer Billies to <laughs> film some of the, you know, the ambiance with you place was packed yeah packed hockey fans how about that how about this iowa wild really creating a fan base here and and doing so to the extent that you know people are going to give up a monday night and go find a viewing party a watch party to watch their team that's uh that's great marketing that that's really good uh that they've been able to do that so hockey season is not over in central iowa the wild back home game three on wednesday night i'm assuming we'll hear games one and two Mm-hmm. That the Cardinals get yes. relegated, yep, uh, if you will. So that's that's clearly the right call. Nice job, Andrew Downs, out of you for doing that. Um, games one and two tomorrow, and then on Thursday. So best of luck to him, Joe O'Donnell. Uh, just hustling after it too. 
He had technical difficulties. Yeah, no, I, help me out on that. I saw something on Twitter about and that. And I'm the same thing here. I haven't talked to AD or anybody yet this morning about kind of what went down, but it sounded like they had some maybe shaky connections. Internet connections. The first two games, but they were able to persevere. Not so much the case for a little bit last night. Mm-hmm. Joe just kept calling the game on the phone, being a pro, and people that, you know, don't pay for the monthly AHL.com. Right. People just want to, it's a playoff game. It's a deciding game. Do whatever you can. Yeah, winner goes on, loser goes home. Yeah. In Milwaukee, they're packing up the equipment today, doing exit interviews. And they figured out whatever was wrong. They got the connection back started. But during that time when people want to hear the game, go picked up the phone. So and they, did it that w- way. they were just put on the air like they were a caller or a guest, yeah, something like pro- that? Probably, yeah. Interesting. Well, well done out of Joe O'Donnell uh, mm-hmm. last night. And we'll get him tomorrow to, to preview. We'll hear a lot of Joe O'Donnell, I'm assuming, on these airways, not yes. only for the game, uh, but in advance of that. And, and uh, hopefully you can clear your calendar, Central Iowa, and make your way down to Wells Fargo Arena on Sunday afternoon for a 3 o'clock puck drop, uh, which would be fun to be down there. And I'm a definite maybe. Oh, really? And I'm a definite maybe. Definite maybe. 5% chance? No, more than that. I mean, what else Ooh. is going on on Sunday afternoon, right? The, the Derby Saturday. Yes. Uh, Cubs cards play win. Are they Sunday night baseball by chance? They very well could be. That's a good call. I, Let that, me. That would be a great it assumption. It would make sense, right? But is MLB thinking like we're thinking Trent Condon? I'm 608 gonna, first pitch. How about that? Wainwright versus Jose Quintana. Perfect. 6.08 done by 9, Game of Thrones 8, Episode 4, 3 left only. All right, all right. Do you want to talk about no, Game I of don't. Thrones? No, I don't. I don't want to do it. Okay. I, we okay. do a sports show. Look at you and I are, I'm not, this is not, in no way, a judgment of how anybody else does this. No way. Yeah. Not, not being judgmental at all. We talk sports. You love Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> I've never seen it. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know if I'll ever. Just, it doesn't get me. Mm. It, in, I was the same way in the beginning. Dragons, come on. This yeah. isn't you. No. Never watched Lord of the Rings. No, nor have I. No, no desire. Never watched Star Wars once. Never seen I saw the episode. Star Wars, the first ones, when I was a kid. Never seen any of the new ones that have come out over the last 20 years. And just not my scene. You know, that, that movie that's just teared it up at the box office. What's it called? Avengers. The Avengers? Yeah. yeah, the last one. I, I haven't seen the first four or I, first three. Nor have I. Nor have I, nor will I. Maybe I still will. Yeah, yeah. not me. All right, let's uh, let's get into the NBA from last night. Which game did you spend more time on? I wish I could say I saw the end of the Nuggets. I didn't. Boy, there's a lot of points scored in that basketball game last night. This is playoff basketball, and this is where it's changed a little bit. And you probably would know this more than, than I, uh, and maybe I'm all wet here. But when the playoffs roll around, as you know, and I assumed was... Always going to be the case. The win totals always are lower in the playoffs than they are in the regular season because, well, teams allegedly play some defense in these yes, things. Yes. Trent, there was a boatload of points scored last night in Denver. I don't know what the total was when it came out, but I'm assuming it, uh, it was nowhere near 240, was it? 215 was the number there. Well, they just blew right by it. The other one, as uh, I was watching the game with some friends last night, the first game. We had on Sixers Raptors. Oh, hang on a second. So your wife's out of town. So the yeah. boys came over last night. No, no, no. Well, I was doing the podcast. Oh, last gotcha. night. Okay. Yep. So we we had that on one of the TVs out at Brewhouse. And well, where was Ella? She was with my sister. Nice. She got to hang out with Aunt Jewel. Beautiful. She was happy. Yeah, it was a great Perfect. night. And worked out well for you. Great night. 
Stop by the casino, throw some dice on my way home. <laughs> How's the crowd at Prairie? Uh, not packed. Not on a Monday. Mo- Monday night, not so much. So did you go up to the fourth floor to check out the race and sports book? Are they I, sports book at, uh, at I all? Or? I didn't. I well, you're have. going Saturday, right? I'm going to be there Saturday. And a definite maybe for Saturday. <laughs> Another definite maybe. Are we going to get you out of the no, house No, I think I'm going to go to the... In a week? Or eight days? Oh, I just thought about that, right? If I go Saturday, how can I leave Sunday? If I stay home Saturday, maybe that makes it easier on Sunday. Or I could be like everybody else and actually leave the house. Twice in a weekend? How about that? Uh, we'll see. Um, uh, but no, I didn't make it up there. Yeah. I didn't even... Didn't cross my mind. So I was, so I was thinking dice. Did you positive? No. Was it good? It was a good stop. Or no, no. Wish no. it wouldn't have stopped. No, I just a donation to uh, to Prairie Meadows and the ta- and, and another Polk entertainment tax for me. And into Polk County, indeed. Yes. Uh, so the first game last night, Trent was it was really a game within. A, well, they a lot of them are right. I mean, the Raptors. And the Sixers, you got to give them credit because they took Kawhi Leonard out of this game. And mm-hmm. I and I say that knowing that he finished with what? What was his final? 35. 35. And you feel like they limited Kawhi Leonard to 35. Fair? Yes. Be, he is such a different player. For a superstar player. And one he of is. the top six, seven, argue, however say, you Where want. would you put him? I'm, he's clearly in the top ten players in the league. Clearly. And I don't think you need to go ten. Durant I mean, one? Uh, he's my one. LeBron's still yeah, top I th- three. I think so. I think so. You throw Steph in there? Oh, you have to. Then you it gets throw... a little tricky. Harden? Yeah, you, you, you have, have to put him in the mix. Giannis, obviously. Giannis? Kawhi Leonard? Probably right then in, in that mm-hmm. range then. Mm-hmm. I mean, you he's know, a, he's you ahead know, of Kyrie. He's ahead of... Yeah, you know who belongs on that list except he's always hurt or he's sick? Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, yeah. My God. Yes. He's unbelievable. What a matchup nightmare. Marcus Saul's a big dude. Yes, he is. He's 7'1, 200, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, he looks small beside him. He does. 7'3? Is that Embiid? Is he really 7'2 seven, seven, for sure? 7'2. But boy, what a matchup problem. The athleticism, mm. the shooting ability. Yes. What can't he do? Stay healthy. Well, that's a good, <laughs> yeah, that's your answer. Yeah, stay healthy. That's it. Yep, that's that. That's the right answer. Uh, Simmons, he doesn't score. No. But you know what? He's not on the floor to score. He's on the floor for his defense, uh, for his ability to... Be a playmaker. Uh, playmaker, get the ball in, the, in in his teammates' hand. He's just a different player at 6'10 than the league has seen, right? You know, this it's kind of a conversation with Magic Johnson. I mean, very similar in yeah, terms of... Not bad. Big playmaker. Mm-hmm. Not a great shooter by any means. Magic developed that. Yep. Magic At was six, nine. more versatile. I mean, playing center in his rookie season. Yeah, I mean, Magic Kareem is one down. of the greatest players to ever play yes. the game. I'm not sure Ben Simmons will end up on that plateau, but he's a good player. Magic, though, became at least a reliable shooter. And the, and the game is completely different than it was when we're talking 35, 40 years ago now, going back to this time. And because of that, I don't know, Magic in today's NBA, I think, could have struggled at times because... To be that guy, you have to shoot, and you see the mm-hmm. limitations with Simmons too. Mm-hmm. What's he doing in the gym? This is now. This was the same thing we talked about as a collegiate. Yeah. In the NBA. Yep. A couple years into this, what's his third year or second? He won the he won the rookie of the year and only played half the year. It was right. His third year, right? I think it's yes, his third year. Three. So, what's what's he been doing? You know, I. It's never been a part of his game. Doesn't it have to be? Well, you'd like for, it to for be. him to get to 
That's that to be level. a top fifteen player in the yeah. league. Is Doncic on that list? Not not not. He's not on the list yet. But clearly, the arrow's pointing in that direction, right? Luka Doncic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's unbelievable, Trent. How about what guy that we saw last night for Denver? Jokic. Oh yeah, what did he finish with? Forty what? <laughs> I think he had forty something in the game last night. He, I think is, he did. He is Arvidas Sabonis. Everything we were told with better about better knees. Arvidas Sabonis when he was playing in Russia mm-hmm. before we got to see him mm-hmm. and the older washed up. Who is still an unbelievable, fun player to watch? Yeah, that's who we're seeing right now with him. Yeah, sadly we didn't get to see him in his prime. No, right? you're right. I don't know. Maybe washed up is a little bit unfair, but certainly not limited. The, athletically. Limited, better. Yes. Yeah, from what he was. Right. Well put. Well put. Because I, the stories of him before the knee issues cropped up, mm-hmm. he was a seven-three point guard mm. for all intents and purposes. Mm. You think of this big lumbering dude that had the beautiful passes and. You know, they'd run the high post with him and guys cutting the hoop. And he'd throw bounce passes between people's legs. Now imagine that guy with <laughs> some movement to him, some athletic ability, coupled with what we saw as a player and just the headiness that he had. That's Jokic. Th- yeah, this guy. Where, where's his kid, by the way? Sabonis's kid. Uh, Pacers. I was going to say, that's yep. what I thought, too. Saw them in a little bit in the Celtics series. Right. Didn't have to watch much of that. No, one. didn't last long. No. Indeed. So the Celtics are back tonight, right? Don't we have? Uh, don't we have Bucks Celtics? Another tonight? doubleheader tonight. And I saw the number in that game, and I was kind of surprised. It's 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 what seven and a half. Seven and a half zigzag theory. Ken I playoffs know. are here. I guess one way that that would be difficult though to swallow. Laying seven and That's a half. A lot of points. By the way, how did you do? I thought you didn't do well in the NBA last night, did you? Uh NBA wise, no, I did all right. Did I was one and one. I had the Blues last night. I told you that one. Well, that's good. And then I had the Astros. So it was a two and two night. You bet against your twins. I bet against the twins. You will learn. Yeah, the the hockey game was terrific, Trent. You you missed a, a very entertaining game. Uh, some big hits in the game. Um, and, and a lot of goal scoring, quite honestly, for a third period it was back and forth. As you said, just when it looked as though when Dallas would come back and they would get the equalizer, here comes the Blues to take the lead, and the Stars would tie it up, and it was kind of last goal wins. Yeah, you know when you're playing on the your kid playing on the street, and your parents are calling you, again. <laughs> You know, and next goal wins. Is, yeah, it's, it's it's time for school. Um, you know, okay, next goal wins. Last goal wins. Uh, we pack things up. Anyways, all right. Bears conversation coming up. Packers conversation coming up. Have you seen the uh, the totals? And I'm just going by what CG put out. And I want to you and I opine once we say goodbye to our. You know, get the latest on the draft. I don't know how much time we can spend. Um, kind of go through it and talk about your gut on the first win total. Okay, because the Packers. Bears and Vikings all came out at nine. Lions at seven. I thought that was strange. Obviously, they think it's going to be very competitive division right down to the final couple of weeks of the regular season, which would make the NFL happy. But nine for all of them. I, you know, if I had to put, take one off the nine line, who would it be for you? To go over? Well, no, even to go under. One that doesn't deserve, one that's listed at nine. Of those three, who do you feel most confident betting an under on those three? Betting an under, it would be the Packers. Yeah, I was going with Vikings. That's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But they retooled. Mm-hmm. They did things that they normally don't do. Yeah, spent some money. Unicoost has yeah. free reign. I mean, this is different than the Ted Thompson era. No, this he's, is he's opening the checkbook. Than what you're used to seeing with the Packers here. But I don't know if I loved a lot of the things that they did. I didn't love their draft. It was fine. You, you, uh, Gary's the one that everybody's wondering about. I mean, right. This was the number one high, the high school recruit and never he lived is, up to it. He is immensely talented. When he wants to be. That's the caveat, though. 
Right, when, when he, wants he wants to be, to he's be. unstoppable, unblockable for crying out loud. But he'd be double and triple teams, and then after a couple double and triple teams, yeah, he loses yeah, interest. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing anything here. So right, come and double me, and maybe somebody else will make them. Maybe that was behind that. I don't know. I will talk to Jeff Hughes on the Bears next. Dave Sinekin on the Packers. We'll do some win totals. Jimmy B is going to join us at 11:35. We've also got Nick Athen on the Chiefs coming up. Tyree Kill expects some decision this week uh, from the NFL on his. I was going to say future. I don't think. But it's time right now to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword COIN to 200-200 right now to enter to win $1,000 cash. That's COIN to 200-200 standard message and data rate supply. Jeff Houston, Bears blog next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. For your business. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 15 minutes away. Packer fans, we will talk to Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, as we take a look at the, well, three out of the four locals today. The Vikings in the spotlight tomorrow, in the spotlight right now, the Chicago Bears. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. He's our go-to Bears guy, and he joins us. Jeff Trenton, Ken, good to speak with you. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Doing well. Well, Ryan Pace. Uh, looks like to me, I mean, we, we love his first round, or his first pick, not his first round pick. They didn't have a first or a second, but we watched, uh, David Montgomery at Iowa State, and, uh, every time, seemingly every game he played is just something, wow, how did he do that? And that was normally breaking a tackle or three, uh, on, on a particular play. Uh, your thoughts on Ryan Pace? Did he nail this draft considering the hand he was dealt with the lack of draft picks, Jeff? Well, I think, Ryan Pace was in, a, was in an opportune situation here because the Bears were looking for one starter. This roster is deep, it is talented, but they had one position where they needed a starter, and the way running back has been devalued in the draft, it was someone they were comfortable they could find in the third round. Um, David Montgomery, from what I've been told, was a target from day one. They love the kid. They love what he brings to the locker room. This is a team that is dedicated to culture, and it's one of the reasons they were not in on Le'Veon Bell this year they do not want to bring disruptive forces into what is a charismatic and together locker room. And everything you read, everything you hear, everyone you speak to about David Montgomery talks about the kid like, like he's a culture changer, and he's an Eagle Scout, and he's a great kid. So they got a starting running back in the third round, and I expect that David Montgomery will be the horse running back for this team uh, right off the, right in the get-go. You know, it's so interesting, Ryan Pace coming from Kansas City, Kareem Hunt, the connection there, and Matt Campbell, the connection. He coached him at Toledo before he came to Iowa State, and we've heard Matt Campbell many times mention Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery in the same breath here. So your overview, we obviously have seen a ton of this guy. I'm excited to get an outsider view, somebody that I'm sure, yeah, I don't think you watch Iowa State games week in and week out like we do here, Jeff. So just your opinion of this guy and, and what you mentioned you think he's going to be the workhorse right away, but what you're hearing inside that organization, what they think of him. One of the knocks on Jordan Howard, and by the way, Jordan Howard should not receive many knocks because he carried a terrible offense for a couple of years in Chicago and deserves credit for that. But one of the knocks on him in the building 
was that they just didn't think he got the most out of every play. They didn't think he always hit the hole with the speed he should. They thought he, he had a lot of six-yard runs that should have been 12-yard runs. And they went and found, as far as I can tell, the opposite of that from college football. They found a guy who gets every inch and every yard out of every carry. And that's, that's been the big theme to the people I've spoken to in the building. They expect that there's never going to be a yard left on the field when they give the ball to David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that this offense lacked last year. They were not a great running team on first down. They want to be. They were not a great uh, pass-catching team out of the backfield when Jordan Howard was on the field. That's not what he does. It's something David Montgomery does, they believe, very well. He adds a dimension to this offense they simply didn't have last year because, let's be honest, Tariq Cohen's a wonderful player, but he's never going to be a a 20-carry-a-game guy. Mm -hmm. They think David Montgomery will be 20 carries a game and four or five catches and just add a dimension they didn't have. So, listen, from everybody I've spoken to, they are thrilled this guy is on their team. They were surprised he lasted as long as they did, and I'm never surprised to see Ryan Pace make the aggressive move and go get his guy because it's what he has done every single day since he took this job. Ryan Pace is consistent. When he wants a guy, he goes and gets them. And I don't know how, as a fan, you don't love that about your general manager. Why would you want complacency? Why would you want somebody to sit back or get more picks? Go get the guy you want. If anything, 2018 proved they're a 12-4 roster now. (laughs) Something Pace is doing is right. And I think this Montgomery pick... I think we're going to look back at this pick years from now and say, wow, they, they stole this kid at 73. You know, I hope you're right. I, I have a hard time not rooting for David Montgomery, both on the field. You mentioned it, Jeff, a little bit off the field, too, and you guys will find out more about him, what he did in the community of Ames and reaching out and, and developing friendship with, you know, with handicapped kids or kids that uh, have uh, disabilities. Just a remarkable story, David Montgomery. You're going to love him. Now, Riley Ridley was the second pick in the fourth round. That was the Bears' second pick. I don't remember at the time which draft, uh, which broadcast I was watching, but one of the um, analysts said that this might have been their favorite receiver and granted a, a draft that didn't have a lot of you know over the top talent receivers but Riley Ridley Calvin Ridley's brother saw make him a couple of big catches in the national championship game a couple of years ago they like Riley Ridley the knock maybe four or five if he was in the four fours he would have been a second round pick at worst your thoughts on Riley Ridley can you imagine that we've gotten to a point where a guy could, could fluctuate two rounds really? over a tenth of a second? I mean, it, 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 I get that speed is a wonderful commodity for a wide receiver. But Troy Williamson and Darius Hayward Bay had an awful lot of speed. What this kid is known for is his route running. And the one thing last year, again, these were targeted picks. These were targeted players to fill specific needs. They want their young quarterback to be comfortable and confident with where his receivers are on the field. And they, this is the kind of security blanket wide receiver who will come in and, and Mitch Trubisky will know, hey, on third and seven, this kid's going to get to the chains, he's going to be in the right spot, and when I deliver the football, he's going to be there. And it seems like from his tape, he catches just about everything. So he's never going to be a burner. He's not going to torch secondaries all up and down the field. But this is the kind of player that, that a young quarterback loves because he's reliable and he's tough and he catches the ball. And I think, you know, young receivers in the NFL, you shouldn't expect them to come in and catch 60 or 70 balls. It rarely happens for rookies. But I think you'll see him have a 30 or 40 catch year. 
I do not think this is a normal fourth-round pick. I think this kid will be in the plans from day one because Matt Nagy was gushing over him uh, in their post-draft press conference. I expect Ridley to make a, a small impact in year one, but certainly step up in year two and become a, a force on this roster. Just five selections overall. We mentioned the first two. Round six, they get Duke Shelley out of Kansas State, a cornerback. They uh, look for a home run with a late running back, White out of Florida. And then their final pick, it's the Ryan Pace special. Small <laughs> school kid converted from wide receiver to cornerback. Six foot three cornerback, Stephen Denmark. I guess a, a project to bold, right? I, w- I, I assume all those sixth and seventh round picks are project. And, yeah. and you, you hope somebody pans out. You hope somebody becomes a starter down the road. But these guys, I mean, Kareth White is an intriguing prospect. Uh, at tailback, but I don't see where he fits. I mean, there's not a lot of room now at that position for him to make much of an impact. They don't need right now a corner to step up very quickly, but I think they have got a a good defensive coaching staff in place, and they'll try to develop these kids. But if you're getting anything from those kinds of guys in the draft, uh, it'll be on special teams, and even that's a bit of a reach when a roster is as good as the Bears is right now. Uh, let me get your take on what the other three teams in the division did. Of course, we love Hawkinson going to uh, Detroit. The Vikings needed offensive line help. Bradbury, I think, solidifies the offensive line, allowing Elfline to move over to guard. Uh, the Packers had a, I mean, some people love Gary. They obviously did. Some people don't. And then they took a safety with their second pick. What about the competition uh, in the North? Uh, well, before we get to that, I just want to hear one thing. Watch the kicker competition now in Chicago. It's the most important position they have yet to fill, and they've got a nut job named Casey Bednarski coming in <laughs> who likes to take videos of himself <laughs> kicking 70 yarders shirtless. That, <laughs> that kid will become a fan favorite quickly when people start to discover him. What's his name uh, again? I want to remember. What's his name? Casey Bednarski. Bednarski. Check his social media profile out. I call him a nut job because he's doing backflips shirtless and kicking 70 yarders. There's, there's something wrong with him, but maybe he's that right kind of crazy that works in the NFL. Mankato uh, State, and, uh, well, the NFC North seen a yeah, pretty good player from there. Yeah. So here, here's my take on the division. Uh, I like what the Minnesota Vikings did. They had to get that offensive line better. But I don't know that, that Bradbury helps in the pass protection. And I think until they find a way to keep Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd from just harassing Kirk Cousins, that matchup still benefits the Bears. I don't understand what the Packers do on draft day. I don't understand how that organization is run. To me... They, they added a couple of talented defenders a couple of years ago. They kind of panned out. These guys, one of them's got an injury. Gary's got the injury concerns. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I continually look at what the Packers do and wonder, is this organization doing what it takes to maximize my potential in my prime? And I don't see any way to argue that they are. And the Lions do what the Lions do. They take a tight end and everyone goes, all right, well, they're going to be 8-8. Eight eight. So it's it's... The Lions right now are desperate for an infusion of something, of some energy, of some superstar potential. They're not getting it out of their quarterback. I don't think a tight end, uh, a Midwestern tight end, is really going to inspire them. And I think if you're the Bears, as you sit here today, as May is about to approach, your expectations are that you're going to win this division again because none of these teams around you have made the moves to equalize. Uh, the talent gap in the division. So uh, right now, I would not be overly concerned if I'm the Bears, but I'd be concerned if I'm a couple of these other teams that they're just sort of treading water. All right, I got a couple left for you. Jeff Hughes joining us from the Bears blog. First, is it time to stop screwing around? James Daniels to center, Cody Whitehair back to guard. 
I told you that a year ago. Uh, I told you that from the get-go, too. Yeah, you, you said it on draft day. <laughs> yes. You said it on draft day a year ago. <laughs> I, I, it, everything, everything is headed in that direction. Good, good. James Daniels is a natural center. Cody Whitehair is a natural guard. Put these guys in their spots. Leave them there for half a decade and have <laughs> of the veteran Kyle Long next to them here mm-hmm. for at least one more year. Be a ferocious interior. Put everybody in their positions and leave them there. The last regime terrible at this. They kept moving Kyle Long around. They yes. kept moving pieces. These guys are natural guard and center. I think you'll see James Daniel center in day one. All right, and uh, you told me right before we came on the air, not only are you coming back from your uh, New York home to Chicago in December, you got another road trip on the agenda watching the Bears this year. Making your way to London, huh? Nice. I will be I will be at, at Spurs Stadium for Bears Raiders in October. Uh, I'll also be playing Royal St. George's down in uh, down on the coast uh, that week, nice. uh, because golf is always my priority over football. And <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I've, I've been told by a whole. Bu- it sounds like there's going to be twenty five thousand Bears fans <laughs> making this trip. That's I right. have heard from yeah. countless people since mentioning it on social media that I'd be going. There's going to be get-togethers. We're going to have our own little event over there. So any of your listeners who are Bears fans or just football fans, I think it's going to be a rollicking scene in that city for the weekend. It's a great city anyway. Just go see it. Uh, but I'm excited to see the Bears play over there. I'm, I don't know how I fall on these London games. They seem silly. you got all these fans wearing different jerseys. It doesn't quite add up to me. But what the heck? Why not go for a, have a fun vacation? Good stuff. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. Fun trip, would you? Yeah, I would, yeah. I know you would. No, I think I... That, that would be something that, that got you... That would be pretty cool. Out of the basement in Ankeny, huh? Yeah, that would be pretty neat. During football I'm, season, remember, this happens. Yeah, that's true. we got to give up a Saturday, so I'm out. Um, not doing that. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll they talk do have Packers. TVs in Europe. Yeah, but I hate to miss a game. You, you won't miss a game. <laughs> Get there on Friday. You have to. You yeah. almost have to. Never been to London, you... No, nope. no, never been. Well, never been uh, off the uh, out of uh, North America. Never, huh? Never. Ever want to? No. Nope. Really want to? No. Yeah, kind of, but it's a long flight. You know what? I want to go see, and my, my, my wife won't go. Your, your curmudgeon stuff just cracks me up to no end. I, I want to go see the um, the D Day stuff. Oh, you're a yes, a war historian. Yeah, kind of. I got yeah. that from my dad. I would love okay. to go see the cemeteries and because it's so spectacular the way they're all lined up. It's just just amazing. Summer trip. Yeah, do it during the summer. You'd have to, right? Yeah, you'd have to because I know you can't from end of August until yeah, I'm out. End of April, middle of April. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much locked in the in the basement, right? Yep. Weekend yep. after weekend after yep. weekend. So night after night. Summertime's a slow time. Kinda. You can do it. You can we'll take see. a week off. Thank you. I'm gonna I take, got you I, covered. I, I gotta take a week off next April, actually. Next April. Next April. We're going to Hawaii. To Hawaii. I've been told. You've been told. We're going to Hawaii. Well I thought you were Hawaii. going there one other time. I, we thought I thought so too, but I got my talk my way out of it. Uh and hoping she'd forget and she hasn't. Anyways, we will come back. We'll talk to Dave Sinekin on the Green Bay Packers. Interesting draft for the Packers. Rashawn Gary and then the safety. They took a safety late at 30, I want to say. We'll find out. The uh, kid from Maryland. Yes. That, that was I, d- 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 23? Or they moved up. Did they yeah, move up yeah. again? And we, when they drafted, we both the next day came in and said, you know, I watched Maryland a couple of times. I don't ever recall thinking, this kid jumped off. Savage. Savage, right. Yeah. I mean, they played Iowa. We didn't talk about him. Oh. 
Maybe we should have. That, that shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. No, but still. That's what we Ken don't and Trent rem- are talking about. We don't, we don't remember him. No. For the 21st pick? Yeah. Well, that'd be a guy you remember. You would think. We'll talk to Dave Sinekin next. He's theheadcheese.com. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent and I with you until noon. As we uh, swap the Bears for the Packers, it's funny, Trent Condon, uh, mm-hmm. Dave Sinekin on Twitter, good follow. Uh, we got to pick number 11. They made their pick, and Dave tweeted somewhere along the line, boy, not Gary, not Fant, <laughs> anybody else or something. I'm paraphrasing right now, and the commissioner walked to the podium and announced Rashawn Gary, and I could just see the headcheese.com somewhere curled up in a fetal position. Didn't want to see that, <laughs> Dave Sinekin, did you? How are you? I'm good. I didn't. And just to be clear, I was okay with Fant at 30, Trent, but don't jump down my throat. I okay, just all right. Well, that was a bit high. Yeah, I just, for me, Gary was never really on my radar, uh, first of all. Uh, seeing him in my mind as more of a defensive lineman, I always worry about guys that are these physical specimens, physical freaks, top national recruits that really underwhelm on tape. And you know, for there could be a lot of reasons for it, and, and Gary might end up being a great pro. But uh, talk to any Michigan fan, and they'll tell you that mm-hmm. Gary's performance, his results were less than what they expected when he came into the program. And so, I was just unenthused. I like guys that uh, maybe jump out on tape and maybe surprise you a bit. And I thought there were some playmakers available at twelve. Even though the guys that went nine, ten, eleven would all have looked good in green and gold, and things were looking a little thin. Uh, Gary was not on my radar, so I was a little taken aback. Well, and you watch Big Ten football as an Indiana grad, Dave. You know, you know very well that uh, you know that this is a guy that came into the league as the number one high school recruit and really never lived up to it. Now, I shouldn't say that he, there were there were never there was never a time he didn't look like the number one recruit. It was just anemic. It was just need to see more from a guy that, that that's clearly got that much talent when he wants to. Yeah, and, and you to also add to it that. You know, he's got a labrum issue, whether yeah, it's forward, whether it's not, that, that many medical people have said he's going to need to go under the knife at some point and probably play through next season. But that's just another little red flag. And then you add the other guy across the line, Chase Winovich, who looked like a yeah. Clay Matthews clone, and you thought, well, you know, you got the two big, uh, heavy pass rushers in free agency and the two Smiths. Maybe you go for a speed guy to augment that unit and bring in Winovich, I thought he might be on the radar in the second round. But but clearly they like what they think they can unlock in Gary. And I'll, I'll say this, the, uh, Zadarius and Preston Smith are two real high-character guys mm-hmm. that don't miss, miss practice, don't miss games, don't get hurt, uh, understand what it means to be a pro. You throw in the other guys uh, on that unit in Green Bay, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Dee Lowry, those guys all are high-character guys. And and maybe they can uh, unlock something within him because when you look at his physical comparables, they they look just like Jadeveon Clowney. And so, you know, if he can figure things out and maybe play in a different kind of spot, they do want to play him an outside linebacker at least to start, but Petten moves guys inside all the time. 
you know, I'll, I'll roll the dice, but uh, I was definitely underwhelmed when the pick was made. You can read all of Dave's thoughts on the draft at theheadcheese.com, on the Packers draft, theheadcheese.com. You know, you mentioned Clay Matthews. I'm sure you saw the tweet yesterday when the when the Packers are assigning rookies their numbers and Rashawn Gary got 52 and Clay Matthews tweeted something about, boy, the body's not even cold yet. I yeah. thought it was, you know, I got a smile out of it and I got a chuckle. I don't think he meant anything by it. Uh, just your thought, because a lot of Packers fans... Really uh, upset that he went uh, as far as to tweeting that. How will they remember Clay Matthews? Is he on their list? Well, he is. And I, to be honest, I thought it was kind of uncool to assign number 52 this year. Way to season. I mean, it's, look, Minnesota just assigned 84 to one of their late draft picks. Mm. And that could be sacrilegious to Randy Moss fans who yeah. thought that 84 should never be used again. Um uh, Clay Matthews is not going to have his name on the wall at Lambeau Field. I don't believe. I don't think he elevated to that level. He he helped lead this defense and this team to a Super Bowl. He was a very important player, very good player for a lot of years. Uh, I would have respected him and not handed out 52 for a year or two. I would say, you know, they did draft an inside linebacker in the seventh round, Ty Summers. At least they didn't give him number 52. They went with their right. uh, highest draft pick in 10 years in, in Rashawn Gary. I don't think it's a big deal. I think maybe Matthews, it did bug him a little bit. It would surprise me, and I don't blame him a little. You know, I'm not saying retire the number forever, but uh, I'd wait a season. You know, there's other numbers out there. I didn't, I didn't think it was a real cool move by my favorite team, and um, I do think Clay Matthews will go down as a great Green Bay Packer, and, and he'll probably be in the Packer Hall of Fame, but he's not to the level of his number being thrown up there on the on the side of Lambeau Field with the uh, with the greats. So you are certainly on right now that we understand, Rashawn Gary, you weren't overly pleased with. We talked about the other first-round selection, Ken and I, about Darnell Savage and a guy that never certainly leapt off the page when we were watching Big Ten football or getting ready for the Iowa-Maryland game. Just He wasn't that kind of guy. He's fast, not real big as a safety. Your thoughts on that one? Well, I like everything I've heard about him. I like. I, I find it hard to believe he would not have been available at 30. Uh, it's mm, kind of like that yeah. science conversation where right. they, they say, well, definitely no Daniel Jones would have been. Well, Gutekun said the same thing and, and made it sound like the Colts were going to take him in the mid-20s. And I would have said, well, you know what? Then take Nasir Adderley or Juan Thornhill. There are other free safeties that really look good. Um, so they they fell in love with Darnell Savage. They gave up two fourth-round picks. That seems steep to me. Um, when I hear some of the experts compare him to Bob Sanders, I'll, I mm. think... You know, Whoa. sign me up for some of that. I'm sure you guys can yeah. understand that, too. Um, now, I'd like him to stay healthy, you right. know, because Bob had those issues. But the fact that he's on the short side, but he's an absolute uh, missile, and, and he goes after ball carriers. And the speed is something that, really, if you look at the big picture of what Green Bay's done with Gudekunst the last two drafts, it's really been to identify athletic, fast players. This defense have gotten slow and heavy, and I think they've really identified speed as a, a big need for this team. They did it with Jair Alexander last year as a really fast cornerback, and I think Savage fits that bill. He does step right into a spot next to Adrian Amos, and I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They, this is the guy they fell in love with. They felt it was worth the draft capital to move up nine spots. Uh, I scratched my head a little, but I'm going to let it play out because that was a big position of need in Green Bay's defense. There was nobody on this roster to play a a serious free safety role with the kind of uh, speed that, that Savage plays it with. And he could play some slot corner too. So Petten could move him around if needed. Um, so uh, I like the idea that they fell in love with the guy 
It cost them a bunch, and uh, obviously we'll find out if it was worth it. Dave does Saturday mornings at our sister station up in the Twin Cities, KFAN, as well as Packer Preview, which will be year 24 now, Dave, coming up this year? Uh, yeah, 24th year, really, for both shows, I believe. Unbelievable. Uh, good stuff. Hey, last thing for you, and by the way, I like you to tight end. I know tight end was an area of need, and, you know, I didn't watch a ton of A&M, but when I did, I remember Sternberger making a couple yeah. of plays. I, I like that draft. But, Dave, my last thing for you before we run out of time, and just your thoughts, to who got better in the North amongst the, you know, the Bears, the Vikings, or the Lions? After draft day, did you come away thinking, boy, one of those teams got a whole lot better? Well, you know, you always as fans, you look at guild position players, and they make your, your head pick up a little bit because you know them better. And I thought with very little draft capital, the Bears getting David Montgomery yeah. and Riley Ridley really adds to what Nagy's trying to do on offense. I, I think that running back's going to make a big difference for them, and they needed to identify somebody. So that concerns me a bit as a Packer fan. I thought the Vikes whiffed a little bit by not addressing left tackle with Andre Dillard with their first pick. Uh, they went with the center that everybody thought they would take, but I don't think they thought Dillard was still going to be there, and I'm surprised they didn't go left tackle. They added some offensive linemen. They added another good tight end in Herb Smith. So I think they've done some work to help Kirk Cousins, and as long as his games are not under the lights in prime time, he should be <laughs> A little shot there from the headcheese.com. Dave, thank you. We'll talk to you in the weeks to come. Appreciate it, Dave Sinekin. Sounds good, guys. Take good, care. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinekin. Again, Packer fans, theheadcheese.com, theheadcheese.com. I was in the same line of thinking as Dave was there. Now, neither of us are Vikings fans. Mm-hmm. But I told you, I really, I was so intrigued by the big tackle from Washington mm-hmm. State, his athleticism. That's where when we were making our predictions, you had it right. Mm-hmm. I had it wrong. Interior guys, and I understand now you can move Elf line out. He was not good as a center last Better year. Better as a rookie, but yes, you're right. Last year was not good. Yeah, I mean, you look at any, and not just pro football focus, but other metrics that I've seen out there ranked him as the worst starting center in the league a year mm-hmm. ago. That, that's how much he struggled, but I don't know. There's just something about that. We, we know Dillard has been in pass protection hundreds of times playing at Washington State. I guess maybe, would it be the questions of the run game? He just... You don't know and taking a guy like that. Because that's the thing. The Vikings can't have this be a Robert Gallery. They no. need they need this offensive line. They need to be a little bit more safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that one was a safer pick along the offensive line. Get where uh, I'm going? Yeah, I do. And I think that's probably fair. I do. I think that's a w- well put. All right. Uh, we've done the Packers. We'll get to the Chiefs. Vikings tomorrow, by the way. Vikings tomorrow. So will David Kaplan. Be part of the program tomorrow. I always look forward to hearing from Cappy. Brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Jimmy B is going to join us in 35 minutes. Trent and I look forward to speaking with our former partner, James Brinson on the NBA. Miller and Condon with an hour to go. Hope you can stay with us. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.